Hello and welcome to the Punk Rock Demonstration. I'm Jack, and I've got my raspy voice today. It's called my radio voice because that's what happens when you stay up all night and go to a show and then go to a maybe after party that turns into just a get-together and then another get-together before you leave and get home at like 6 a.m. So that's what happens, and it was fun, but now it's time to do the show. And we're going to do an interview today with the Mighty Fine, and, well, we already did it, but we're going to put it on for you so you can take a listen, and I guess we'll just start off right now with the Mighty Fine interview. So we're out here at the VLHS, I'm not sure why they call it that, <laughs> but we're here with the band Mighty Fine. What is your name and what do you do in the band? My name is Brooke Thompson, and I play uh, guitar and I'm the lead vocalist. My name's uh, Chris Scott, and I play drums and pretty much all the driving. Yeah. I'm really good at backing up with the trailer, so I'm kind of defaulted to that. And I hate driving with the trailer, so I let him. <laughs> it's easy. And uh, real quick, before we dive into uh, a little bit more of a formal setting, uh, VLHS means uh, Vince Lombardi High School. And if you've ever seen Rock and Roll High School um, featuring the Ramones, um, that is the high school where the whole movie takes place. So it's a little, you know... So that's what that is. Yeah. I was wondering why they had like Ramones uh, behind the VHLS or VLA deal. <laughs> so yeah, so what brings you out here to Pomona tonight? You know, we've been really good friends with Marty for a couple of years, so any chance we get, if we're relatively close, we always try to get a show out here and, and hang out with Party Marty. And uh, I don't know, it's fun. You know, we, we've been doing a short little round of shows and stuff, so uh, we figured we might as well make our way over. Before we get any deeper, changing the subject again, where where's everyone else at? <laughs> well, we've got a couple party animals in the band, so um, Mike, a.k.a. Slater, is out prowling right now with uh, our guitar player trying to keep him in check. His name's Casey, and he's kind of like the sensible one of the two, so they're both out having a good time, but uh, they're on the prowl. It, it It's also probably better. Uh, some of the things that Slater says is, uh, uh, well, when he's Slater, you don't want him to have it you know, recorded. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's completely a different person. Slater is the uh, the ego, the alter ego for uh, Mikey, because Mikey's just kind of a normal, awkward dude during the day, <laughs> but this, like, party animal that knows everybody at night. So, yeah. So it sounds like I need to track him down right after yeah. we finish this interview. <laughs> good, good luck finding him. Yeah. Well, at least he's making out with the guitar player, so. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> well, anyway, so what kind of music do you guys play? If you were to quantify it, I would say kind of like a nine. Kind of look back at the like nineteen nineties, like epitaph fat, like punk bands, um, and kind of mix that with a little bit more contemporary uh, stylings of punk rock. Um, it's kind of the best way I can describe it. I mean, there's a lot of rock influence. Uh, we try to like uh, try to infuse a little bit of like alternative but try to keep it still you know fast-paced and energetic as much as we can at least so is it always like that or is it uh, just currently what you're doing for the current album or what it's music that we've always listened to and always been a big fan of and unfortunately it took us kind of a long time to get here to really be decisive of that's kind of the style this band is supposed to be playing because when we first started we kind of dabbled in a lot of different things i've always been into like writing a lot of different kinds of music 
and so by playing uh you know you know our first record that we did like four years ago it was you know there's indie stuff there's punk stuff in there there's um you know experimental stuff in there and it just it wasn't cohesive it wasn't like there wasn't direction to it and so it's taken us uh and then that you know part of that has to do with you know changing of band members and stuff but we've had a really solid lineup for the last couple of years and with that you know the idea of what we wanted to do as a band just kind of came together um, especially for this new record. So, how long have you been a band? <laughs> we've been, we've been we've been a band for uh, technically for over six years. Um, what's, up, what's up with the technically part? Well, I mean, we never stopped being a band, but I think the first couple of years were not really serious about being a band. Um, it was just kind of like hey let's be in a band and you know just kind of goof off whenever and then it wasn't for a couple of years when Chris uh, joined the band where we said oh let's like write a record let's actually like do some really cool stuff and uh, you know that's kind of where we started with that so basically if you kind of caught the undertone of that I'm what made the band so it's kind of when I joined the band that's really when it became the mighty fine and that's all sarcasm by the way <laughs> so is that how you came up with the name too? Because <laughs> you, usually when uh, you just start a band and you just have fun and whatever, you come up with silly names. <laughs> yeah. It, I wasn't I can, present for this. So Casey and I and our original drummer, we were at a, a great um, a place to eat in San Luis Obispo where we're from. And it's called Firestone Grill. Casey gets a burger. He bites into it. First thing he says is, damn, this is a mighty fine burger. And Brandon, our original drummer, says, that's it. That's our band name. I was like, what, Mighty Fine Burgers? He's all, no, 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 the Mighty Fine. I was like, man, that's stupid. Like, I don't know anyone that would want to name their band that. <laughs> I can't think of anything better, so <laughs> we're the Mighty Fine. Uh, we got stuck with it, so uh, it's kind of one of those things. If you ask, uh, I would say 75 to 90% of the bands that you ask hate their band name. I mean, it's just, that's just how it is. There's, there's not a lot of good band names, if you really think about it. I was just talking with the band Psychotic Scum. They didn't find out their name was spelled wrong until after uh, a couple of years. I guess it's better than that, right? Thank God. Well, we, we checked the spell check when we were typing stuff into words, so I think uh, that saved our neck a little bit at least. So we talked about you just released a new album it's like exactly one month after it's been released. So it's called Brothers and Smugglers, right? How did that come about? Well, the record came about from um, about a year and a half ago. Uh, ben from Creator Destructor Records, a uh, friend of ours, he um, said, hey, make a record. Like, I loved the last stuff that you did. Um, I, I would love to put it out. And so uh, we kind of got to putting shit together. And um, at that point, we um, went into the studio with Kyle Black, um, someone who we have a lot of respect for and that is just an amazing producer. He's just um, finished working with Strung Out. Uh, comeback Kid, Newfound Glory, so he's been doing a lot of really cool stuff. Um, and we got in the studio, about this time last year, we were in the studio for like about a month and just worked our asses off. And then um, timing-wise, it didn't make sense for us to release it until last month. And it was worth the wait. Kind of sucks when you have to wait. You're sitting on something and you love it. Like this is, um, I tell people, you know, we've always been proud of the stuff we've done because it's gotten us to where we are now. But like, this record was the record where I was. Everyone, I think, in full was just overly pumped on it. You know, a hundred percent satisfied. Um, 
and that's not always the case when you record and sometimes you want to go back and change things and financially you just can't you know recordings uh not it, recording is not uh, a cheap thing to do i mean you can make cheap recordings um but they're you know sonically aren't gonna necessarily sound the best yeah, i call those classics <laughs> exactly. Uh, unfortunately, we maybe didn't want to make a classic record then. Or you can always put us the bonus tracks. Yeah, you should hear you should hear the demos for Brothers and Smugglers. Those are pretty uh, classic. So I guess we'll take a listen to the non-demo version right now, and then we'll talk a little bit more about how that album came about and all that. So here's uh, Into the Clouds. What is that song all about? And is I am a huge Hall & Oates fan right now, and this is like a Hall & Oates marathon going on <laughs> in there. Like, that's, is that who's been playing? Yeah, I've been Brogan. wondering who that was. <laughs> and then it was Can't Go For That before that. You know, I didn't know he was a Hall & Oates fan. <laughs> and we've been friends for years. You know, five years. Yep. My favorite song is Kiss On My List. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, but Maneater. I don't know. That bass line. Yeah. Just... just Sucked you in. <laughs> so since we got interrupted by music, we'll have to play some more music. So this song's called Into the Clouds by Mighty Fine. <laughs> I can never remember because it's such a bizarre band name. It's like you would never thought the Mighty Fine would be the band name. You right, know? The Mighty Fine what? <laughs> yep. So we're going to take a listen to Into the Clouds, but is there any particular reason why it's named Into the Clouds or what is that song all about? Or Yeah, I, I, I will confidently take a position on telling you about this because um, the song Into the Clouds uh, lyrically is based off of Star Wars uh, Episode Five, Empire Strikes Back. Um, no joke. That's my favorite movie of all time. And there is a particular scene in there where Lando Calrissian um, betrays Han Solo and his gang um, in the Cloud City, um, hence into the clouds. Um, and so, though there's loosely based, uh, you know, lyrically around the story uh, and the imagery of um, that particular scene of Star Wars, um, what the the idea of the song um, and the theme of the song is just betrayal amongst friends. And I feel like that's something that happens all the time, and uh, you know, more often than not. So. Um, there was something that we wanted to, um, I think, or at least not we, but me, uh, being a lyricist. Oh, oh hold on. Oh, hold on. Come here. Come here real quick. What? I want you, and uh, for everyone listening, I want you to uh, meet Party Marty. Hey, what's up? What's up? How's it going, buddy? How's it going? What am I on? Who am I talking to? Where's my peeps? Punk Rock Demonstration. Punk Rock Demonstration. Cool. Hey, uh. Live long and all that. Give it down, 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 down. They talk to you. All right, thanks, world. Sounds like he's having a great time. So let's take a listen to Into the Clouds by the Mighty Fine. You're listening to the punk rock demonstration. Obviously, we're having a after party over here. <laughs> yep, that's how they do it here. So, yeah, this is uh, Into the Clouds by the Mighty Fine.
That was Break the Tide by the Mighty Fine. You're listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration. We've just refilled our awesome beverages. I've got my decaffeinated tea. And you've got your beer here. And you've got your wine. No, that's Jameson. That's Jameson. <laughs> Normally it'd be wine on any other night, but it's a uh, Friday night. And uh, Jameson's my best friend on Fridays. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> uh, see, I've got my herbal decaffeinated tea, and it's like 4 o'clock, 3 o'clock, whatever the hell it is in the morning. <laughs> Take a listening to punk rock and keeping awake that way. So, how did you find whoever it was that recorded your album 
So this is actually really cool because uh, I grew up with a guy uh, named Nick Zappa from the band Heart to Heart. And for years, you know, we've all kind of like gone around, tried different, uh, in different bands, tried different people out for recording and stuff. And, you know, everybody's always kind of critiqued it and bands always talk about like, oh, yeah, this was really cool. Wish we could have done this differently. And uh, when they came back from the studio and they were just playing us just some of the demos that they had just finished up, it was just kind of rough mixes. I mean, we were all blown away with just how they were able to really capture their sound and capture the energy that they have live, but just never really seems to come across on just your average recording. So, I mean, for us, it was kind of a no-brainer to just at least give them a try. If, if he was able to take our friends and make them like exactly how they sound recorded, we felt we had to give that a shot. So that's kind of when we got introduced to Kyle Black when we recorded the uh, split with a band, The Show Corporation. Yeah, and uh, working with Kyle was an experience that I don't think we could have gotten at a lot of other places because he understood where we were as a band and he knew where we wanted to be as a band and really pushed us. I mean, I think we probably didn't believe in ourselves enough up until that point that we could make songs like that um i mean we've always either self-produced or we've worked with producers before but kind of more in a more like a more nonchalant way in a way where it's not as hands-on they're not really giving you criticisms or critiques or uh, really finding ways to improve upon your craft and so working with kyle is really one of those uh, experiences where you're gonna, you know you're gonna get your ass kicked in the studio. You know you're gonna do go take after take after take. And then not only that, but just really dissect the songs and kind of cut the crap, so to speak. Um, so what kind of stuff did he uh, teach you about? You know, for me, there was a lot of little drum things, because it's funny to, to go from just practicing, working with people, and, and picking up really bad habits along the way that nobody ever points out, and working in the studio like we did for the first album. Like, there was little things that just kind of felt like the drums were just a rush. It was just kind of get in, we would need to focus on guitars and vocals, so as quickly as we could get the drums done and be just satisfied with it, we were just going to move on. And so, at least for me with Kyle... It was a lot of those things where it was like, hey, you know, this didn't ring out all the way because you didn't pick your stick up. Um, hey, you know, change your posture up a little bit so you can get a little bit more energy into this. Um, for me, it was a lot of those just keeping energy consistent all the way through in subtle little things that have actually helped me quite a bit live. So little little tweaks and adjustments and stuff like that. And for me, um, like vocally, I would say more than anything, just learning... Um, or getting an outside or a different perspective on um, taking a melody and really just working it so it fits in the pocket, really being rhythmic. That's one thing about one of his definite strong suits is he's very rhythm-oriented, and that's something that I've always not been, especially lyrically. And so sometimes there's there might be clashes between what's happening in the music and what's happening um, with the vocals, uh, whether it be the melody or the rhythm of the melody. Um, and so by working with him, I think he really uh, kind of demonstrates how you can take what you've already written and kind of form it into something that's a little bit more palatable and a little bit uh, more accessible and just really delivers and can carry a lot more than how it originally was. So 
and once you start getting in that mindset, it really gets you stoked, and you and it makes you say, "Oh shit, I you know, this is right here. This is like something I'm." always been capable of but sometimes it takes someone else to kind of point it out to sound like oh that's me on the on the recording <laughs> no i mean it's it's not something where it's like oh i just do some half-assed job on something and then he like all you know polishes up polishes it up and you know it totally makes it sound different it's more like we work really hard before we track the songs. We listen to the demos. How can we improve on that? And we'll go back and forth and like try out different things. It's all about trial and error. And you know, I mean, it doesn't happen all like automatically. But once you get in there, you know, I can sing some a certain melody uh, a certain way. And by doing that, um, what we do is like. Um, you know, the more takes that you do, every take's going to be a little different. And you want to capture the, the most honest take and the most whatever feel you're trying to go for. You really want to push to get to that. And sometimes it takes a while. And that's how you get pushed. I absolutely hate it when recording art or when recording studios just doctor songs. Yeah. They can use technology to fix things. I think uh, bands were much more uh, talented when there was analog recording where you oh, couldn't yeah. really fix the errors you had to redo it you had to play it <laughs> play it 150 times in order to get that one take i mean that's the it's a luxury and it's a curse at the same time having digital recording because i mean it can make it, somebody super lazy mm -hmm. but it's also very convenient because it's easier to get your ideas out there and mm -hmm. tweak them it makes me wonder if all those one-hit wonder bands in the 80s were ruined by technology. Because <laughs> back then, the 50s and even the 60s with like the Shirelles or like Leslie Gore or whatever, they had to sing live and it sounded the same way live and on the recording. Yep. <laughs> now it's like, wow, that band, I, I don't recall listening to that band, watching them live on this and all that deal. So, yeah. <laughs> so how many albums have you released so far? three and a half I would say <laughs> plus a demo we did a demo in 08 and we released a record our first one Bad Timing for Everything in 2010 and then uh, 2011 we pretty quickly after recorded in Revival our second record vinyl release of that came out in 12 and then the end of 2012 we, that we did the um, split that Chris mentioned uh, with the Shell Corporation and um, and then um, right after that, um, you know, a year and a half later, we did uh, um, what call it, Brothers and Smugglers. <laughs> I can remember all the names of all the other albums, but ask me anything about this. We actually love and treasure. Yeah. yeah. So how did you come up with the name, by the way? Brothers and Smugglers. Uh, that's a lyric from Into the Clouds, actually, and I think. First off, it had a good ring, I mean, to it, and so we were messing around with a few different um, names, and that one just always stuck. And then you kind of look at like some of the lyrical themes, at least for me, um, and there is kind of you know the idea that um, if you kind of um, take brothers and smugglers and you kind of look at it as you know something or someone or whatever it is an object uh as being kind of good and bad light and dark um alive or dead and those are all general themes of 
I mean, of the al actual album. I mean, and it sounds so basic, but that's a lot of, you know, the lyrical content of the record are a lot of things that deal with, um, maybe not so much like a lot of the stuff that we did before was, uh, you know, about my past relationships. See, it's funny, we were talking about this album the entire time and we almost forgot the name of the album. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's probably the uh, the fact that it's, you know, three in the morning. Yeah, and this decaffeinated coffee is not working. Yeah. <laughs> or decaffeinated tea. Oh, uh, the Jameson's <laughs> starting to work. Uh, <laughs> I think we need some of that in my tea to make it more exciting. <laughs> so anyways, we're talking about the album Brothers and Smugglers. So any themes that are different in this album than the previous ones? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, the first two records were really i mean thematically based off of uh some past relationships that i was dealing with um and then it just was to the core of what i had going on um i've never been a very political person i don't know enough or have enough of an opinion on something to write about it and back up what i'm saying uh rather i've always sang from the heart and the things that I was dealing with and so those were things that I was dealing with in the past you know a lot of self-doubt and uh, the things that come along with you know some bad breakups but um, you know I'm happily engaged and uh, uh, so when I'm not worried about not needing to be worried about that um, you know that some of the other things that were pressing on me were um, I you know have the uh, this really um, this really tough time with dealing in, with how technology has kind of consumed me and how I see it consume other people. Um, what kind I, of technology are we talking about? Uh, phones, social media, things that keep us connected. Um, I mean, it's kind of their blessings and a curse. Again, uh, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing, um, but it can definitely be abused, and it is all the time. And I feel like there's a huge disconnect when you get on uh, your phone, and I do it, and I'm and I'm conscious of it. And I, can, I mean, I'd be preaching to the choir right now, but I can be in a conversation, and I can be on my phone at the same time, and I'm not there. I, and what am I on my phone for, really? for fucking for nothing really I mean, there's nothing of true value and in that time there's more beautiful things that I could see and whether it be hanging with my friends my fiance just mother nature all that kind of stuff so I think um, that's really like something to the core of what we started doing a lot of um, and then um, not only that but um I, I don't know. I, I try to find, draw inspiration from other places to um, really just see, like, read, do, whether it's something that I read or something I saw on television um, or a story that I might have heard about and just try to um, kind of see what sparks from that. Yeah, I totally agree with you on the technology oh, stuff. Oh, hey, Laura. Yeah, Laura from Art Sounds here. I am Tom Araya. I'm in Slayer. <laughs> I play bass and sing. What's, what's, well, a, what's, a, what's a Slayer? A Slayer is a great what's band. What's a Slater? We got a Slayer right here. We got a a Slayer is a good band. <laughs> a Slayer. <laughs> How interesting. Oh, no. I already did both. Kelly Kapowski, just, Saved by the Bell. We just fucking oh, crashed oh, the interview, dude. Oh, the interview tonight. was going so well. It, sound, it sounds like they're having a great time out there. We're, doing, we're stuck here doing this interview. 
Uh, so yeah, I totally agree with you on the technology crap. I've got two phones, but I never use them. <laughs> oh, see, I use them all the time, and it—I mean, it sucks. Um, Chris just left Best Buy after seven years, and I mean, oh, I, I think he—I <laughs> oh, cool. think he could tell you. I mean, it's you can—you cannot keep up with the amount of shit that gets thrown at you, and that's just something that. Uh, has really kind of resonated with me and probably a lot of the guys in the band um, but being a lyricist um, it's something that I feel pressing and I don't know I don't see any real change inside I feel I feel really sad for children growing up now They're, yeah, they, they can't spell and they can't write and they can't well, they can read, but maybe... Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> and I can tell you, too, I'm very anti, like, social networking. I don't have Facebook, never have, and never will. And it's just kind of sad to see younger generations having problems interacting with people. I mean, even just on a personal conversation kind of level, it just seems people are too timid and afraid to talk. Nobody really knows how to interact with each other. Everything now is starting to become, like, internet dating. I mean, that just seems crazy to me, but, like... It just kind of it seems to have infected every little aspect of life, and that's something that definitely I'm, you know, I'm kind of glad to be out of Best Buy to kind of get myself away from all that technology and, and just let it be what it is. The funniest thing ever. I work in technology. I'm a Linux administrator, and I do all these like super crazy things to computers, but I absolutely hate computers. <laughs> I think it's like the worst invention ever because even with like calculators, people. When we were in school, we couldn't use calculators. We had to learn how to actually calculate. But now it's like, oh, we've got a calculator on the phone. Who cares about learning how to count kind of deal? Totally. So yeah, I, I absolutely hate technology, and I make it a point to not use it, but I yeah. still use it to my yeah. advantage. Well, that's kind of nowadays you have to kind of use it to a certain extent. So it's as much as it disappoints us to be involved with it like we are, I mean, it's still it's part of every day. Like you're not like as a band, we have to be connected in to be able to let people know what's going on. We might not be the biggest fans of being on the social networking sites and stuff as much as other people, but it's still kind of part of life. Yeah, I've got the same exact thing. Like I don't have well, I have Facebook, but I also have a website that I use instead of the Facebook. But I've been using the Facebook to direct traffic over to my site because I absolutely hate Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> So enough of the technology talk, let's talk a little bit more about your songs and all that stuff. So we'll take a listen to the next song called Daphne. Is that a person's name or is that something else? It's actually my middle name. Um, my dad wanted a girl and thought Daphne would be perfect and ended up just becoming my middle name. I'm sorry, Brooke, I couldn't take that serious as I saw you start to laugh. Yeah, you've actually got more insight on that one, so... Da I mean, that's not the real story. That no, one was so good, though. That's not my real middle name, either. <laughs> no. That should totally be the reason why the song was invented. Yeah, no, that's a, it is so much so what's fun. the boring version? Much funnier take. Uh, it's, a, it's actually a pretty interesting story I had heard from a friend. Um, he works in uh, customer service, is a, or he did. He was a, a server at a restaurant, and uh, one day he goes into work, and he sees this woman who... Uh, looks pretty um pretty ill she was terminal she was bald and it was very apparent that she had cancer and um with that she, he acknowledged that um he tried not to bring it up or anything and he said you know how are you ma'am and she says well you know i'm alive the sun's out you know and she had a great smile on her face and 
he just said, oh, wow. He's like, well, I'm Joseph. He's like, nice to meet you, Joseph. I'm Daphne. And so they kind of just talked a little bit um, in between when he would bring her food and stuff. And though her days were numbered and she acknowledged that, you know, she had just a little bit of time left that every day was the best day of her life. And no matter what, no matter what was going to, you know, ultimately be the end of her, uh, she wasn't going to let that get in the way of her um, just trying to... Um, not only be a better person, but try to like, you know, it sounds kind of corny, but spread good cheer, you know, try to be inspirational and in however, whatever capacity she could be. And she was to him because he wrote a story about it. And that story affected me. And I've shared that story and we've written it into a song. And um, I think people that read the story and in the lyrics of the CD, it has the story that he told me. And I think it's really cool that um, you could draw inspiration from something like that, that someone who's only going out for one of her last meals um, could make such an impact that it kind of like trickles down. And um, I wish more people could do that. I, I think it takes a certain type of person and a certain amount of bravery to do um, kind of what she did. And uh, if if I can, you know, get my head out of my ass sometimes, I, I kind of would like to do, you know, be a little bit more like that. I definitely liked the other version more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so Daphne is one of those videos you also have on YouTube. How did that come about? Well, you know, when we were doing a lot of the stuff and a lot of the promoting and whatnot, we kind of wanted to come up with a couple of different videos so that we could try to release them around the time frame. So um, Casey, our guitar player, um, has a really nice camera set up. I've got a decent amount of experience with editing, so we just kind of said, you know what, everybody tries to do stories and stuff, let's just do a video of us just kind of hanging out and just jamming. So we filmed it at our practice space, we had help from our uh, good friend Jamie Wirth, and just kind of shot it in one evening, edited it in a couple days, and just put it together. It wasn't really too thought out, it was just kind of wing it and just go for it. Turned out pretty good. I, it's always nice when bands have music videos, because uh, when I was, well, I loved, uh, well, I love MTV, but not what it is now. Yeah. I liked uh, where in the early '90s they had videos of all the songs, and it's cool because you can, you can watch what you're hearing. Yeah, yeah. It makes the experience so much better. So, yeah, you've got a video with Daphne. Are you planning on making any new videos? Oh, definitely. We've got a lot of ideas that we've been brainstorming. I think the problem is just trying to get everybody collectively together to actually shoot it, because we've got some very ambitious plans for them, but it's just trying to make everything coordinate properly to do it. Yeah, making videos is like 10 times harder to coordinate than it is just to record the audio. Oh, yeah. I released this uh, DVD called 21st Century Punk Rock. It took five years to edit. And it was only two hours long. Anyways, let's take a listen to that song called Daphne. I made a really bad uh, deal about that cancer deal. So let's take a listen to it. It's called Daphne, and you're listening to the punk rock demonstration with the Mighty Fine here in Pomona. Drop my jaw 
You're listening to the Mighty Fine on Punk Rock Demonstration. Tune on next week's episode, and we're going to do an exclusive interview with uh, Bill from Alabama titled How I Met My Sister. Welcome back. That was Who's to Know by The Mighty Fine. I always get the band name and the album mixed up. It's yeah, always You know what? At some point you're going to get it at the very end when when, <laughs> when it doesn't matter anymore. So, my excuse is it's 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so, anyways, that was Who's to Know. No, but it's cool to think it is. It's a dramatic effect. <laughs> wow, way to just totally shit on Instagram. Yeah, so we've got the other members of the band. So, what's your name and what do you do in the band? Uh, my name is Casey and I play guitar in The Mighty Fine. My name is Mike. I like to play the funk bass. My name We've got the merch really guy over here. I'm just, I just do merch. He's never done. He plays either. the cash box. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I rock the cash box. Yep. Got it. <laughs> I rock the cash box. <laughs> you gotta have a merch player in the band. Uh, oh yeah. For everything. So, anyways, what's that song all about? Who's to know? Who's to know is uh, kind of uh, a song based off of the idea that you don't know when your last days are. Uh, my fiance 
was uh, almost killed in a car accident about three years ago, and she very well could have. She was, you know, I think what, whatever the doctor said was uh, about a quarter of a um, centimeter away from her head cracking to the point where she would have died. And, um, you know, and nothing, I mean, all it was was the wind dragged her car to the point where she lost control. And um, it, the idea of the song is just that you, you never know. You never know when your last days are and kind of comes back to what we talk about in Daphne. And that's, you know, even if you know or if you don't know, make every day the best fucking day that you can make it. So I guess it's a good thing we put those two songs together. And it's kind of cool because those songs actually do go, uh, are the last two songs on the album. Um, so if you kind of break down the lyric themes, um, they definitely go hand in hand. That's very good to know. And the name of the album is Brothers and Smugglers that we've been talking about and always forgetting. <laughs> when I wrote the bass line to that song, I was thinking like, this is going to be a damn good song. And that's all I have to say. <laughs> Now I know why we didn't have him in the interview. No, I'm kidding. It's a good thing that he got lost. <laughs> yeah, we're talking crap about you in the tire room. Don't worry about it. I believe it. That's okay. That's okay. It's okay. It's really okay. He's, he's used to it, and uh, it was actually Kyle that played that part on the record, not you. Oh, <laughs> Casey wasn't in the band until I said, hey, yeah, he can be in the band. <laughs> so Stupid. now he's in the band. Yeah. Where can people find more information about the band? As much as we hate this whole social networking and we keep kind of going rounds and rounds with it, you know, the best place is to probably start off with our website, themightyfind.com, and you can find links for the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just about anything that's out there. You should be able to track down through that website. It's and, uh, amazing you don't you don't have a Facebook or it's amazing you actually have a website. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want to find the real dirt, follow Slater on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Follow Slater on Twitter. I don't know what the Twitter name is. It's at Slater Castillo. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like they've been having an awesome time out there and yeah, we've been yeah. sitting here being bored. <laughs> so yeah, you can You're find bored? No, but it's <laughs> uh, yeah. Dude, you just got called out. Oh. <laughs> Well, I was thinking we, we would. We were having be... a great time. Dude. I got my drink. <laughs> well, I forgot. He's got the Jameson. <laughs> Pass that shit. So anyways, drink it all. <laughs> so anyways, you can find more information about the Mighty Fine at themightyfine.com. Yep. And you can find more information about my website at punkrockdemo.com. We're take a listen to one last song by you guys called Calypso, and I don't know what that is all about. So, so basically, <laughs> Brooks. He's kind of a fatty at heart. I mean, really, like, I mean, him and Casey, they're all about food. So there's this there's this weird type of, like, teriyaki, jerky kind of thing called, like, Calypso. So it was about this time when him and Casey went into a hometown buffet, and it was like, <laughs> and it was like the, uh, you know, uh, southern kind of night. And <laughs> I can't even take myself serious. I'm sorry, bro. Tell him. But it's actually uh, yeah. in our, I think we should have him do all of the yeah, answering. I, I could have had a backup story for every answer. Uh, Calypso is based off of the black the the black cat story by Edgar Allan Poe. Um, I just suggest you read it, and uh, it, the whole thing's kind of based off that. Um, I, won't, I won't go into it because I, I think I think ho- did, that that works for me. Why did you Why did you name it Calypso? 
Oh, that's a very good point because Calypso has nothing to do with the name of the song. And I can't spell that shit, dude. <laughs> uh, There's no art for that so uh, you know, it's a yeah, good time. We, what time is it? It's four. Well, if you have another couple hours. Okay, so if you have the next couple hours, I could tell you about the fact that I used to live in Australia. Uh, uh, hey, tell, <laughs> tell, tell us more about Australia. Like, oh, no, please don't. Well, okay. actually looking at his clock to find out what time it is. <laughs> it's two thirty. Okay. Well, okay. I'll, I'll keep it brief. Uh, a calypso is the best uh, mango in the world found in Australia uh, awesome I always loved the name I wanted to name a song one day I it, six years ago seven years ago I was like I'm gonna name a song about this fucking mango finally did it and I don't care what anyone says fuck them sounds like a lot of these uh, band themes are revolve around food <laughs> yeah just brought up an awesome point about the artwork I was looking at the artwork on all your albums and they're very sophisticated uh, so how did that come about, and who, who's who been involved in doing that? So a lot of, actually, if you look at the album artwork, it all kind of stems from Slater, really. So Slater's just <laughs> this crazy party animal. And the extended copy of the album cover actually has Slater at the end of the ladders, and everybody's... <laughs> <laughs> all right, they're, they're all fighting. You can't tell if they're fighting with each other, for each other, or against Slater, each other. Slater, Slater is a, he, he's a Spartan. And he's very sweaty and, uh, you know, from throwing spears and daggers. Because I am Spartacus! <laughs> <laughs> it's an inside joke, but, you know. Oh, dude, you peaked. You peaked. You peaked, you peaked, peaked the peaked audio levels. It's amazing. We actually got some decent recording over here. <laughs> so, so anyways. None of it was decent. I mean, I, I wasn't in here for most of it. but So, so we're, we're, indi- we're indecent and bored tonight, <laughs> yeah. apparently. Well, it is six in the morning, so. <laughs> so that means it keeps Go getting ahead. it keeps getting later and later. Go ahead, pull out your phone and double check. Uh, yeah. It's two thirty in the morning. It's actually noon tomorrow. We got to get going to San Diego. It's right Australia now. time right yeah. now. Seventeen hours, friends. No, the album artwork. I mean, really, we had kind of the themes and the ideas and everything kind of going behind it, but really we sat down with Justin when we played the Fest in Florida this last October and really got to hash out kind of what his interpretation of it was, kind of what he took from the lyrics, and I mean, it all just kind of summed up Brothers and Smugglers pretty well, kind of in a a visual conception. I mean, basically what you're seeing on the album cover is um, a a lot of people that... The, you know the whole concept is uh, they're helping each other out, but at the end they're gonna they're gonna stab each other in the back to get to those ladders. You know that that leads to the top. So save themselves. You know, yeah, like it, they're they're helping each other out, but like I said at the end, like everybody wants to reach reach the top, and they're gonna do whatever they gotta do if it means stabbing their brothers in the back. That's pretty much what. The album cover portrays, and and that you you translate into Star Wars Episode Five: Empire Strikes <laughs> Back when Lando betrays Han because he wants to save his own neck and he wants to be rich. Wait, who's Lando? Completely understand what the album is all about. We'll have to take a listen to one of the songs off the album. Sounds good. And then we'll uh, keep. We'll do. We'll leave it at that. This next song is by Calypso, or this next song is called Calypso by the Mighty Fine. You've been listening to me, Jack, here in the punk rock demonstration with the Mighty Fine out here in Pomona. And yeah, you can find more information about my website at punkrockdemo.com and the Mighty Fines at themightyfine.com. So here's Calypso.
Hope you enjoyed that interview and that song. That song was by Wonk Unit and it was called Go Easy. It's a new one and I've got plenty more new songs and plenty more interviews that are coming up. We've got an interview with the virus coming up and the Bad English as well as some other bands that I haven't uh, interviewed yet. So I want to spare you from listening to my awful voice by playing this next set of new songs. This next song starts off with Brain Dead. The song is called Textbook Revolutions. Drop it, drop this grand charade Continuous routine 
That was ADD with 10 points richer, and then we had Revenge of the Psychotronic Man before that with Needle to Say, the live version. The Franchines with Got It was before Revenge of the Psychotronic Man, and then Zoo Party was before that with What Do You Want From Me? And you're listening to the punk rock demonstration. My voice is just awful. I think I've told you that several times tonight. So if you want to find out more about my show, go to punkrockdemo.com. Again, that's punkrockdemo.com. We're here every Monday from 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific. I'm just going to play music for you today because, for one, I'm half asleep. And two, I'm still mm, intoxicated from yesterday. So, actually, from this morning. So we'll take a listen to some more songs. And then maybe we'll play some more songs, play some requests, and then... We'll come back next week. <laughs> so, we're going to start off this next set of music with Firecracker 500. It's a request. This song's called Red, White, and You. Shows off faith. 
The Union Jack's blue represents freedom. The white stars got our states.
Some way to get away, cause I need something to change, something to break, some way to get away, cause I need something to do, cause something to prove, some way to get away, cause I need something to change, something to break, some way to get away, cause I need something to change, something to break, some way to get away, cause I need something to do, cause something to prove, some way to
That was one of my favorite songs from Operation Ivy. The song was called The Crowd, and then Pennywise with Something to Change. Before that, CPA was before Pennywise with Reclusive States, and then Angel's Heart with Gamble on Red. And speaking of gambling, we're gonna take a listen to the Riverboat Gamblers. This song's called Catastrophe. Fucking 
Hopefully you enjoy the show. That song's by Mad Parade. That song's called Real Horror Show. Pegboy was before that with Through My Fingers, The Hollow Points before Pegboy. That song's called Charcoal Tears and The Shell Corporation with Bread and Circuses. And I guess we're going to take a listen to some more punk rock, but I'm signing off until next week. We're going to play interviews in the next upcoming weeks with The Bad English and The Virus. So stay tuned for that. We've got plenty more after them, but that's what I've got so far. So before I sign off, I'll just play you this one last song I want to mention. This song is called City Lights by the Stockyard Stoics. And I'll talk to all next week when I'm back to my normal self. And enjoy the song.
Over